balance. It's something we don't just happen upon. We can't just have a balanced life. It's something we need to create. And this time of year often is a time of year for feeling really off balanced and unbalanced. And I've been having lots of conversations about this within this wonderful Nourishing Soulfully community. And so I created the Create Balance podcast episode, which is a compilation of all five levels of the free video course. So if you prefer to learn via video, head on over to nourishingsoulfully.com where you'll find it there um, for you to listen to and work through. And this was created first off for my Eat, Move, Live Intuitively podcast, which is available on Substack. So if you aren't subscribed to that and you would like to be there, longer episodes um, all about living intuitively, and that's on Substack. I'll pop the link to that in the show notes. It's free to sign up. It is free to be a subscriber of mine on there. Um, but I thought it would be really lovely to also share it on the Nourishing Soulfully podcast. So this is a special episode. There aren't going to be more episodes yet. However, we do have a new season coming in the new year where I am chatting to people about how they are kind to themselves. So if you'd like to contribute to that, um, please do. If you're like, oh, I'd love to share how I'm kind to myself, pop an email over to peter at nourishingsoulfully.com because I would absolutely love to share as many um, examples of self-kindness as I can in the next season of the Nourishing Soulfully podcast. But let's get on with today's show. We'll be taking a look at what unbalance looks like and feels like for you in your life. Understand more around the rules that you have subconsciously created in your life and start to look at and work towards that grey area of life in order to create balance. We'll be taking a look at the creation and maintaining of personal boundaries, at self-control and gaining control and your non-negotiables for balance. We'll be looking at creating routines which helps when it comes to juggling home life and work life and responsibilities that you have. We'll take a look at our barriers to balance, how to create space and time in your schedule for balance and fitting in that element of balance into your day-to-day life. If you're feeling a little off balance, you're juggling too many plates, overwhelm is taking over and you seem to be at the very bottom of your list of priorities, this personal growth course is for you. You have cared for others so very much up until now and it's time to start giving yourself some very much needed care too. As I mentioned before, this course was recorded and created around a year ago now. So there are some references um, to the fact that we were coming out of lockdowns. Normality, in a way, was starting to come in. um, And therefore, people felt a real sense of unbalance. And I think, again, we're really feeling that. I've left the mentions of that period of time in our lives there because I think it's really useful to use that and look back on that and go, oh look, like when at that time, when we were coming out of lockdowns, when I was starting to be able to go and see people and do what I wanted to do outside of my home, this is how I felt then and this is how I'm feeling now. 
So let's dive in to level one of understanding what unbalance looks and feels like for you. I hope you enjoy this five level course. And if you have any questions, queries, anything you want to share with me, please do comment below or pop an email over to peter at nourishingsoulfully.com. I would love to hear from you. So today we're going to be looking at um, what unbalance feels like for you personally. And we're starting there because if we want to reach a goal, if we want to reach a certain feeling in our life or create something in our life, we need to work back backwards and we need to kind of understand what something feels like and the opposite of it feels like to work towards the thing that we're working towards. We're also going to be looking at the life rules that you have subconsciously created today and are following and maybe don't serve you at all. And then that good enough great area, really tricky area to kind of um, look at and be part of um, and almost use and um, be grateful for because we want to do our best. We want to do better than good enough, but we need to start looking at good enough being our baseline. So let's delve into first what unbalance feels like for you. And in this course, I have purposefully not created worksheets because that can sometimes be this kind of, it can be a, bar a, it can be a barrier for us. If we don't have a printer and we can't print it off, then it can be this barrier of, well, if I can't, if I can't print it, then I can't do it. And B, it can be this kind of procrastination barrier of, I need to print it, I'll get around to printing it. And when I've printed it, I'll do the course. We're practicing being in this gray area of good enough. And good enough is going to be grabbing your journal, grabbing a notepad, grabbing a piece of paper, grabbing the back of an envelope, and just responding to some of the prompts that I'm going to give you in that way. Please don't go out and buy a new journal. You absolutely don't need one for this course. Remember, we're practicing that gray area. So unbalanced, what I'd like to ask you is to pause the video and note down what unbalanced feels like for you in your life right now. So there is a reason that you have decided to um, look into and work through this course. And so what does unbalanced look like in your life right now? Pause the video whilst you do that. Okay. Now, I'd like you to write down how unbalanced feels. Really think of those emotions. Does it feel shameful? Do you feel guilty? Do you feel frustrated? Do you feel unsure? Not confident, lacking in self-belief? Do you feel comfortable? really delve into those feelings. What does unbalance, what does this state of unbalance feel like right now for you? So taking a look at what you've written about what unbalance looks like for you, I'd like to ask, I'd like you to ask yourself, where are your expectations too high? So where are you kind of looking at that and going, well, unbalance looks like this for me. So um, it's the washing isn't being done as often as I'd like it to, or 
the kitchen is always a mess or I'm late for appointments or I don't manage to do yoga every day or I don't manage to meditate every day or I don't have a morning routine, whatever it is. Don't worry, we'll be going into morning routines, I'm just looking at my notes, on the third level. Really have a bit of a think about what does it look like and why are your expectations too high? Because this is the thing, we a lot feeds into um, what we feel we should be doing in life, which creates the feeling of unbalance. But it may not be possible for you. Having all of those things going on might not be possible for you, and that's absolutely okay. Remember, we don't have the capacity to do it all. We don't have endless amounts of energy or endless amounts of willpower. And it's really important to keep in mind that willpower isn't a limitless resource that we just have. We only have a certain amount of it every day that we can use and the choices that we make throughout our day those decisions that we make they take away from our willpower little by little they kind of um, take away from it they nibble at it and eat it and so by the end of the day we're likely not to have as much willpower so it's important as well to ask yourself am I feeling unbalanced all of the time or actually am I feeling unbalanced at certain times of the day or certain times of the week, or certain times at certain times throughout your menstruation. So I would now like you to have a look at that feeling of unbalance. And I imagine it feels quite uncomfortable. There are always going to be things that feel uncomfortable for us, but I'd like you to ask yourself, why does this make me feel so uncomfortable? What rules do I feel I'm breaking or what rules do I feel I'm not showing up for? So pause now whilst you do that. Okay. So hopefully, at, to this point, you understand what unbalance feels like. You understand um, what it looks like in your life. Maybe you've had a little bit of an exploration around um, your expectations. So now we're going to have a look into your rules about what your life should look like, how you should be showing up for yourself and everyone around you and what you should be doing. So I'd like you to write down what the perfect day or the perfect week, whatever kind of works for you. I know some people have um, really similar daily routines, some people have um, things all over the place, but have a look at what you feel you should be able to accomplish, let's say in a week. So write it down I should be able to accomplish this in a week. If that feels like too much, break it down to a day. If that feels like too much, break it down to a morning. What should you be able to accomplish? So the kind of things that we'll be writing on there is, I should be able to answer all my emails. I should be able to, um, I don't know, tidy the garden once a week if you've got a garden. I should be able to clean the house every day. Whatever shoulds you've got on that list, and they're not going to be the same as mine, write them down now. Looking at that list, I would like you to consider, A, if you're being rather unkind to yourself regarding those shoulds. I imagine that it's um, quite a long list for some of you. And B, is this possible on your worst day? 
So is this possible on a day where you don't have very much energy, where you've used all your spoons up? And if you have worked with me before, you've done any of the workshops before, um, you're going to know that I often speak about the spoon theory, um, which is a theory used a lot in chronic illness um, around the fact that we only have so much energy a day. Um, and it looks at energy um, as a value within spoons or a measure of energy, a spoonful of energy. So have you, could, if you didn't have very many spoons of energy that day, are you being kind to yourself by having all of these shoulds? So that's what often happens is we come up with these high expectations. We come up with these ideas of what we should be able to achieve and do on our best days, when our motivation is at its very peak. And this tends to be when we plan things as well. So if we're starting, if we'd like to start a new habit, if we'd like to start a new routine, um, we will tend to be very highly motivated at our peak motivation in quite a good mood. And we'll be thinking about what we can achieve on our best days. And that's great. But the problem is we don't have our best days every day. Nobody does. And so really we need to be switching this around and going, what would what could this look like on my worst day and actually is this massive to-do list of rules and shoulds and this is what i should be able to do achievable the likelihood is it isn't um so really think about on your worst day could you do half of that list could you do a quarter of that list and then i'd like you to cross out the things that where maybe you're expecting far too much of yourself on one of your worst days this is how we find balance in our life. And this is how we start working towards it. And I'd really like you to notice over this next day or so, how you are maybe expecting too much of yourself. Really notice when you feel off balance. Hang on a minute. Do I feel off balance because I'm off balance and something's gone wrong? Or do I feel off balance because the expectations are far, far too high? Really important reminder as well that we often feel off balance when there's a lot of change going around, going on around us. So something that can be very useful when that's the case, which kind of causes us to be, us to be off balance. So at the time of recording this um, in the UK, restrictions will hopefully be lifting in a week's time. And that's going to be causing a lot of people to feel off balance because suddenly there's a whole new array of things that they could be doing or should be doing not necessarily even wanting to do but suddenly it's there's the possibility of doing it because for the last year and a half we haven't been able to so it's really important as well that we're aware of what's kind of caused us to feel off balance here if it is that then a way that we can kind of bring that balance back in is um naming what we do know so the fact that things are changing means that we feel a little bit um unsafe we feel uncomfortable, we feel a little bit anxious. That's due to not knowing what's coming next or um, not being used to doing something. It's a new thing. So if we take a piece of paper and just name what we do know. So I know that I'm going to wake up tomorrow at seven o'clock. I know that I'm going to go to the supermarket on Wednesday. I know that my mom's coming around to see me on Thursday, whatever it is. Just note these things down, the things that you know, and it will just bring that little bit of element of control back into your life and help you to feel a little bit balanced. I know that my son or daughter loves me. I know that I can have a cat cuddle whenever I want, as long as they are happy to give me a cuddle. So focus on those today. 
If you have any questions, please pop an email over to peter at nourishingsoulfully.com and I would absolutely love to have a chat with you regarding balance. And thank you so much for completing level one of creating balance in your life. Hiya and welcome to level two of creating balance in your life. Today we are going to be looking at the creation and maintenance of personal boundaries. Um, this includes social media. We're going to be looking at self-control and the loss of control and then your non-negotiables for balance. So let's start with social media. Um, it over the past year and a half has kept us connected when we probably haven't had many other ways to do so. But also it will have created many, many, many opportunities um, for self-judgment, for comparison to others and for negative feelings and thoughts. So when it comes to these personal boundaries, it's about ensuring that you feel safe and that you are respecting your boundaries. So when we follow someone on social media, it tends to be, it's just kind of spare at the moment. Yeah, I'll follow that person. They look good. It, it's maximum a second that it kind of takes for us to decide if we'd like to follow them or not. But what we're not bearing in mind when we do this is the fact that that person is going to influence very highly our thoughts and our beliefs and most importantly our emotions and our feelings for the length of time that we follow them from that moment forward if we decide to press follow. So watching their stories on Instagram, seeing their posts on Facebook, um, seeing their tweets or whatever kind of social media that you follow, TikTok etc. Please, please have a think about who you're following and how following them is influencing how you're feeling, your state of mind, your emotions, and your thoughts and your opinions and your beliefs and your values. Because often um, we forget that those around us can also influence that lack of balance in our life. So it's important as well to remember that there's that kind of saying of we're made up of the five people that we interact most with in our life. And I think it used to be closest too, but that kind of isn't the case now. So it might be colleagues at work, but it could also be the five people that you follow online the most that you kind of see and absorb from. So have a think about how maybe your relationship with those people, your relationship with social media could cause you to be off balance. So it might be that actually you feel you're spending too much time on social media if you recognise that actually um, it's more of a scrolling. You're just kind of scrolling and you're not interacting at all. You're not being social on social media. So social media is fantastic for building connections when we are being social, but if we're using it to numb and just scroll, this is where it can make us feel off balance and um, unbalanced because it's where we can get kind of stuck in a vortex and we don't realise that time is passing and then we kind of look up and we see that, oh my goodness, like it's past tea time, I haven't even got the tea going yet because I was stuck in the vortex of TikTok um, and that can make us feel off balance because we just think, oh, like I'm behind now. I didn't know what time it was. It just kind of, it's a little bit like that feeling of where you have a nap and then you think it's the next day and actually 
it's still the same day. So have a think about your relationship with social media. Pay attention to it over the next couple of days. And if you feel like you would like to put some boundaries in place, experiment with it. Remember what we were talking about yesterday about that grey area. It's not just a case of going, right, that's it, I'm coming off social media. That's not going to help, but I promise you it won't be long term. You'll be back on there within a week. We kind of want to think about, okay, maybe I do kind of scroll too much or I do get lost in these vortexes when I don't want to and it's creating this or it's adding to this feeling of unbalance in my life because really important as well to consider that if if we're feeling unbalanced it's not due to one thing it's usually due to uh, many different things have a think about what you could do in order to create those boundaries so it might be unfollowing some people that you follow online it might be muting them because you don't want to unfollow them and the mute button is a fantastic button because it allows you um, to create those boundaries, keep yourself safe. But if they're a close friend or a family member, they're not going to know that you're not seeing their content and that you have decided to mute them for the time being. Have a think about as well, there are apps, um, for example, that can limit your time on social media. So there are apps within the phone that come with the phone anyway, which you can do that and you can set timers. So I can't go on these apps after a specific time or until a certain time. They're great. However, um, the majority of us do tend to override those quite quickly. We learn very quickly or our thumb does how to override it. There's a brilliant app that I use that I recommend um, to people, to clients and clients on the Elevate course, which is called OneSec. And the OneSec app, what it does is when your thumb automatically goes to that app, it brings up this little screen on the whole of your screen and it asks you to breathe in, hold it and breathe out and it's like three seconds. Um, but what that does is it gives you time first off to be present in the moment. It vibrates. So I... I've never had it come up and not done it. Um, and then it asks you, do you want to go on this app now? Or would you prefer not to? And it's really useful just because it gives you that moment to consider, hang on a minute, am I just flicking between apps? And so if, give it a go. Not, not everything works for everyone. It's really important to bear that in mind. We're experimenting in here. We're, we're staying within that gray area of good enough. So... Again, around personal boundaries, we need to think about, especially at the moment, how much social connection and socialising um, is too much for us, how much is not enough, and having a think about when maybe we feel very overwhelmed and when it can kind of send us off balance. So I know that at the moment, if I spend a day with um, people I love, at the end of the day, I'm absolutely exhausted, probably because I'm not so used to interacting as much with people in person. So really have a think about what that looks like for you right now and what that sense of being off balance feels like when it comes to socialising and write that down. So have a think about, right, in terms of like the weekend, for example, I'm, I'm at my best if I only socialise on one day and I have one day just to kind of potter around, be at home, get things done, feel a little bit more balanced, spend a bit of time on my own or sleeping or whatever it is. When it comes to personal boundaries as well, think about work, your professional life. What does that look like for you? Are you kind of used to working 
starting work earlier than you um, are contracted to, start staying later than you are contracted to, how are those boundaries being pushed, what are you comfortable with doing, it might even be that actually you're like well at the moment I feel really off balance because I'm working so much and really if I think about it I could potentially afford to work one day less a week and so maybe I could have that conversation with my boss about that because it would bring more balance into my life. Everything would benefit from it. So it's about having a think about within your life and your personal life and those boundaries that maybe you haven't set but you would like to, where could you set some boundaries to feel more balanced? Where can you bring that in? Because it doesn't just come. There's not a magic formula. There isn't a magic pill that you can take to feel balanced. We have to create it. We've really got to be proactive about creating it. So pause the video now and I'd like you just to explore um, in your journal, writing down what personal boundaries you would like to have to feel more balanced. So it might be working less. And remember, we don't have to put them all in place now. This is something we can work towards. It might be working less. It might be not working at the weekends. It might be not socializing as much. It might be socializing more. It might be asking for help, um, having support. There's so many different things. It might be having a cleaner come in once a week. Whatever it is, really have a think about those um, personal boundaries and what you would like to help you feel more balanced. But once you've done that, I'd really like you to think about self-control and the loss of control. So when we feel off balance, we can often feel like we've lost control. But in order for us to have a sense of control, we need to have lost control because we need to know what it is that we would like to control, where we would like to go. So if you do feel like at the moment you've lost control, I'd like you to write down why. Why do I feel like I've lost control? What do I feel I've lost control on? Am I trying to control areas that actually don't need to be controlled? Am I, have I got, am I micromanaging too much? Am I putting so much pressure on myself that actually it's caused me to lose control? And how can I scale it back a bit? How can I bring back that sense of control into my life? And finally today, I would really like you to think about, really start to think about what are your non-negotiables for balance. So especially around those boundaries that we were talking about before, just write a little list of, right, these are my non-negotiables. So it might be, and I find this useful, and I'll probably be talking about it tomorrow in the morning routine um, section, having a rule in place for yourself of I can't go on my phone on social media until I have gone for a wee in the morning and I've made a cup of tea. Now that might seem silly but actually if we're prioritising scrolling on our phone before our very basic needs it's going to make us feel off balance. So have a think about what are your non-negotiables when it comes to balance in your life. Maybe it's I've I need to be in bed by 10 o'clock. Maybe it's, I've got to be up at six o'clock in the morning to feel balanced, to give myself that time in the morning. Maybe it is, I need to journal every day. Maybe it's around food. Maybe it is around movement. Maybe it's around family time. Maybe it's around professional life. Have a think about those non-negotiables for you, which to feel balanced, you need them in your life. Take a look at the things that you wrote down yesterday about how 
feeling off balance feels and what it looks like to you and, and allow those as well to help you make up your mind and really consider those non-negotiables. Enjoy! And today we're looking at level three which takes a look at creating routines in life. We're really going to be looking at morning routines and evening routines but you're going to be able to then from that kind of create more routines within your life as well if you would like to um, and routines are really useful when it comes to juggling kids and work and family life and social life and house life and admin and everything that comes with being an adult. We are also going to be looking at um, habits tracking and daily check-ins as well in terms of how they can help us to feel balanced and how we can push them a bit too much and then they could make us feel off balance too. So let's start with morning routines. So with your pen and paper, I'd like you to have a think about what is your current morning routine? Pause now whilst you write that down. Okie dokie. Now I'd like you to have a think about what do you like about that current morning routine and what don't you like about it? So write your pros and your cons down. Pause now whilst you do that. Great. So from that, I'd now like you to write down what your ideal morning routine would look like. Like, what if in this dream world you had all the time and all the resources, what would your ideal morning routine look like? So, to start with, I'm going to rewind the clock a little bit. Because in order for us to create a consistent morning routine that we can stick to, we need to have an evening routine. We need to rewind that clock a little bit and have a think about what is our, our evening routine at the moment. So most importantly, we're going to start with the time that you go to bed. If you go to bed at 10 o'clock, then waking up at six o'clock is more than fine. You know, you've got those seven to eight hours sleep, that's fantastic. But if you're going to bed at one o'clock in the morning, waking up at six o'clock is really unkind because the likelihood is your body can't take it. That's a really big toll on your body. How much is enough sleep? A sleep deficit is considered to be five hours or less. So really important to keep that in mind when you're thinking about this evening routine and when you're gonna set your bedtime for. And when we are getting all of the goodness that um, sleep offers our body and our mind, we need to be aiming for giving our body the opportunity to get seven to eight hours of sleep a night. By opportunity, I don't mean that we've got to sleep these seven to eight hours religiously every night. I mean that we're getting into bed at a time where our body, if, if we're tired, can go to sleep and has that seven to eight hours of sleep. If we're not tired, we can read. We can listen to a sleep story or meditate or lie there and just think about things. But the opportunity, we're not giving our body the opportunity if we're watching TV or we're on our phone or we're doing work. If I told you that there would be something um, out there, I, if I said to you, I have got this amazing supplement that will increase your focus and your motivation and your um, productivity and your energy. You'll be able to learn more. You will be able to remember more. It's going to boost your mood and increase um, your health like nothing else. You'd be like, yes, please. How much? How much do I have to pay for this? Take my bank card. When I tell you it's sleep, you'll just be like, oh, I've got, I don't have time for sleep. Make time for sleep. This is something which is free to you. 
um, but we have to do some moving around and we need to prioritise it. So when we have one night of broken or too little sleep, um, we are hungrier and we're likely to eat more. We are less able to interpret people's um, body signals. And so we're more likely to misinterpret what they're saying to us. We're more likely to think of it as something negative. It turns to us question at, questioning ourselves as well. What we've done, um, what, what have, how could we have handled this situation better? By getting more sleep. So um, it's it, just one night of broken sleep can cause us to misinterpret language and body signals. Um, so that can definitely cause us to feel um, off balance. It also messes with our hormones. Our immune system doesn't work as well. We're more likely to have an accident at work. Our memory doesn't work as well. We lose brain tissue and all of those kind of um, diseases and illnesses that we hear about all of the time. There's um, the chance of kind of um, increasing that risk becomes higher. So sleep, we need sleep, seven to eight hours a night. Give your body that opportunity to have that sleep. And I promise you that balance, you are gonna start feeling more balanced just with that alone. So back to this evening routine. Have a think about what time you are going to go to bed. And then work your way backwards first. So say, we're gonna say 10 o'clock, um, cause that's my bedtime. 10 o'clock is the time we're going to go to bed. Working our way backwards, what kind of things would we like to do in the evening if we've got that time and that space, um, which help us to wind down? So if we have to be on our phones or screens, make sure we're using a blue light filter on there. And then it seems like it might be, well, I'd really like to read a little bit in the evening. I would really like to journal a little bit if possible. I'd like to light a candle and have the lights turned off. Have a think about two or three things which you could bring into an evening routine. Maybe it is taking makeup off and washing your face and applying a nice cream. Maybe it's having a shower or a bath. Again, really notice where you are kind of high on motivation to create balance in your life and you're setting those expectations far too high for an evening routine and bring it back a little bit and think about, but what's what can I do on my worst day? Because we want consistency here. And then I really want you to think about the art of showing up. So this is something that um, James Clear speaks about in his book, Atomic Habits. And he speaks about just showing up. So breaking it right down to two minutes. So for example, if each evening you would like to read, read for two minutes and anything more is a bonus. Breaking it right down to the very minimum of get my book, sit down, I'm gonna read for two minutes and that's it. And anything more is a bonus if I wish to read after that. You may find that you need to take that one step backwards again and set an alarm and two minutes is the maximum you're allowed to read for. It's these tiny steps that create these long lasting lifetime habits. So in the book, um, James speaks about a reader of his who um, really, really wanted to start to move a lot more and attend to the gym but he'd never been able to before and so what he did was he decided to experiment with this idea of the art of showing up and so he set a rule for only being able to stay at the gym for five minutes he would put his all his gym kit on he'd put his shoes on he'd drive to the gym at 6am 
he'd go into the gym, he'd do half a exercise, he'd get back into his car and drive home. And he did that for like a year, I think. But he was showing up every day. He was a person that got up at 6am and went to the gym every single day. And then he was able to build on that after a year. And anything more is a bonus. And he's now consistently be going to the gym. And I think like working out for an hour a day, every single day without fail for the past 10 years. When we're creating balance in our life and when we're creating um, these routines and things that we would consistently like to do and consistently like to show up for ourselves, to take care of ourselves and to be kind to ourselves, we need to think about the fact that we're creating lifetime habits. So these things, usually the things that um, we have instant rewards for aren't the best habits in the world. They're usually quite bad habits that give us those instant rewards. Whereas the really good habits are the ones that have that delayed reward. So when you're thinking about your evening routine, I'd like you to write down two or three things max that you're going to do in the evening to get yourself ready for bedtime which are a couple of minutes long each and really think about that art of showing up being in that gray space of good enough because we can come up with all of these amazing things that we could spend hours on doing in an evening routine but they're not going to be something that we can consistently do every single day including on our worst days and so they're not going to be lifetime habits. They're going to be something that we do probably for about a week. And then we'll feel like a failure for not being able to keep up with them. We'll feel off balance and we're back to where we started again. So really have a think about exploring that good enough. What could my evening routine be on my worst day? And write two or three things down. So once you've done that, we're going to look at the morning routine. And have a think about... What makes you feel your absolute best self? Look at what you wrote down for your ideal morning routine and then think about, well, what makes me feel my best self in the morning? So I would be including things like fresh air. So not saying like go on a run or go on a walk, but prioritising that fresh air. It might just be having a cup of tea and sitting on your doorstep. Fresh air is really, really important for us to feel balanced. If we can have a walk, then that time in nature is just wonderful for kind of slowing things down, putting things into perspective and allowing our minds to slow down to nature's pace. Journaling can be so useful. At the moment, I'm working through a topic on journaling with those on Elevate. And it's just such a useful tool to have to kind of delve into and just mind dump after your night of sleep. You know, our mind runs rampant in the night. Um, and so in the morning, it's really good to kind of have time to write all of the things down going on in our mind and clear that mind. Something else is having a good breakfast, um, which makes us feel full, sustains us for the morning and makes us feel vibrant and full of energy. And then we can have a think about um, things like movement. We can think about things like meditating, um, affirmation cards, visualization, whatever it is. But again, thinking about that gray area, the art is showing up. So it might be you think, I'd love to go on a walk every morning. Okay, let's take it down to two minutes. Can you do a two minute walk every morning? And yet you literally might just get along the road and you've got to turn back. But you're showing up every morning, you're getting a little bit of fresh air every morning. So for this one, again, two to three things, 
that will make you feel like your best self if you're able to do those in the morning, first thing. And then the time that you're waking up is the bedtime that you set for your evening routine plus seven to eight hours. That's going to be the time that you wake up and that you can kind of have that space and that capacity and that time just to spend on yourself, even if it's for 10 minutes each morning, it's going to make such a difference in that feeling of balance for you. Now I spoke about habit tracking and daily check-ins and the way, you, there's so many different ways of doing this. I wouldn't recommend an app because they can often be quite diety. They can often count steps or calories burnt or calories eaten, etc. I would recommend taking it back to basics in a diary or a planner, writing a couple of things that you would like to do each day from your evening and morning routine. So it might be, um, don't go on social media until after I've had a wee, um, drink a glass of water in the morning, get some fresh air, and in the evening it might be wash my face, have a stretch, get into bed for 10 o'clock, and then take those things off each day. Now, habit tracking wise, if you manage to do those things each day, you could cross it off on a calendar, you could put a marble in a jar, you could have a sticker chart, whatever works for you. But often we need to kind of track these things for motivation purposes, because we can kind of feel like we're not getting anywhere, especially when it's not something where we can see that progress immediately. But tracking it on a calendar, it means that we're less likely not to show up. And it really is, again, the good enough grey area of the art of showing up, of well, I did open my journal and write the date and wrote how I was feeling in three words. I journaled, tick. Really bring down um, those expectations. So have a think about your evening routine, your morning routine, and then how you would like to track that, the kind of daily check-ins that you would like to do. And join me tomorrow. <laughs> we are on level four, where we're looking at your personal barriers to creating balance and also creating space in your day-to-day. -day. So let's go into first your personal barriers to creating balance. So one of these can be hyper-focusing on a task. It can be where we get stuck into something and we don't stop and therefore then everything else um, is affected by that and that can be really good at times you know when we're when we're focusing on a task we've got time for it and we're feeling really productive and we get into the flow of it that's fantastic and that can create that balance if we've got that space in our day-to-day -day, which we're going to be talking about a little later on then that's fantastic if we get into that productive flow state um, it boosts our balance and it makes us feel really good however if we're hyper focusing on tasks and actually we don't have the time for it we end up prioritising it more than other things that need to be done. This can cause us to feel very off balance. Say, for example, cleaning. If we start cleaning, our, our goal is just to do a quick tidy up and a clean of the house. But actually, as we're cleaning, we open up a kitchen cupboard and we see that it's pretty um, disorganised in there. So we take everything out and we start organising. And then we decide that Oh, under the fridge could do with a clean. So we take out the fridge and we clean under the fridge. And then we decide that, oh, in the oven could do with a really good clean. And we take all of the oven racks out and everything. And we clean all in the oven. We've gone from doing something which was probably going to take us about an hour to do to an all day long task of hyper focusing on this thing. And that's brilliant if we've got that time and that space that day to do so. 
But if we don't, this is where it can cause us afterwards to feel off balance because we've hyper-focused on this one task over everything else. Something else that can cause us a barrier to um, balance is work stress and it's taking home that stress. So work stress can be um, something which is really positive in our life. It can mean that we keep up with deadlines. It can mean that we work hard, that we're focused, that we're productive. But when it's not good is when it's starting to really affect our day-to-day -day work, when it is causing us um, to be distracted by the stress, to be worried about it and not to be able to get on. But even more so when we're taking that stress home with us, when we're worried about it in the evenings or at weekends or during our holiday time. So it's important that if we're noticing that, yeah, this is definitely a factor within our lives, that we start to address that. We start looking at how we can be kinder to ourselves around that work stress, how we can decrease it and um, the kind of steps we can take to decrease work stress within our lives. Another barrier to um, balance is just one more thing. So it's when we're doing something, we think, oh, I'll just do one more thing. I'll just do one more task. I'll just read one more email. I'll just respond to one more text message. It's these one more things that if we weren't setting out to do them, if we weren't setting out to spend just 10 more minutes on TikTok, that will again have that knock-on effect around everything else. So it's about thinking about and recognising these things within your life that are creating these barriers to balance. So if that just one more thing is, is something that you're now aware of, don't worry because when you think, oh, just five more minutes or just one more email, the more that you're aware of the just one more thing, um, the more that you're more likely to kind of go, no, not just one more thing, because I'm aiming for balance. Multiple priorities is another barrier to balance. So it's when we have loads on our plate, we've got multiple priorities going on, and they all need top place. A priority is one thing, and we kind of need to look at, right, what is our priority for today or for this morning? It doesn't have to be in life in general, and just kind of organising things on our to-do list, um, on our weekly to-do list, on our monthly to-do list in priority order and ensuring that everything gets the time that is needed for it but that we get that time and space as well. And finally um, another barrier to balance which is which kind of often comes up when I'm coaching clients is the fact that they need to check their phone for work. However, what tends to happen is they end up scrolling or they end up lost in a vortex on social media. So again, it's about having those boundaries in place using the OneSec app, for example, or another application that allows you to kind of limit um, time spent on apps where you know you kind of lose track of time and um, create that kind of imbalance in your life. And then it's about really questioning whether you need work on your phone. And if so, what boundaries do you need to put in place in order to create that balance in your life? In our second part of this level four today, we're looking at creating space in our day-to-day. -day. And I think at the moment, we've got a real culture of kind of having this really long to-do list of things to do and jam-packing our day full of these things. But the only thing is that that doesn't account for when things take longer than we think it's going to take, when there are cancellations, when um, we something suddenly comes up that we have to attend to immediately. So Ensuring that we actually have space within our day is really, really important within our day, within our week, within our month, because 
we don't know what could come up. We don't know what could pop up. And that's what can cause us to go very much off balance if we don't have the time and the energy for those things. So for example, I use the example of coaching clients. Um, in my example, during my month, I make sure that there are spaces available for previous clients to book in sessions if they need to for one-off coaching sessions. Now, how often does that happen? A couple of times a month. Do I need as many spaces as are available? No, but there is a likelihood that at some point a, a past client is going to want a top-up coaching session. Well, that's fine as long as the space is available, but if I completely fully book myself, then that's not going to be the case. But it's important that when we've got these demands on our self for our work, we've got demands when it comes to family, we've got demands when it comes to social life, we've got demands when we're taking part in all of these different things and different elements within our lives, that we also actively create space for ourselves, for rest and for relaxation and to recharge. And so I'd like you um, today to have a think about what are your personal barriers and blocks to balance? Try and note them down and be aware of them. And secondly, how can you create space in your day-to-day, -day. and you might be thinking, well, I've got no time. I promise you there's gonna be time. There's gonna be time where you would usually kind of watch TV or you would be on your phone. Um, have a think about those times where you could potentially just create a little bit of space in your life and see how you go from there. I'm really... Balance. So what do I mean by embracing the good enough? I know that for many of you, it's gonna be really difficult to kind of lower those expectations and feel content within that gray area of good enough. So I'd really like you to focus on, in the next 24 hours to the next week, looking at ways in which you can just do good enough. Not your best, not any more than good enough, remembering that this then is going to hold on to some energy for you, hold on to some brain space for you, and hold on to some time for you, which will create that space and time in your day. I'd like you to experiment with this, knowing that it's an experiment, that you don't have to do it forever, but also that if this does work for you, it will create more balance in your life, it will lower stress, and it will enable you to be kinder to yourself. So really think about how you can embrace the good enough. And I would like you first to note down how can you embrace the good enough at home? What kind of things can you do at home to a standard of good enough? Pause now whilst you write those down. Great, now I'd like you to think about what can you do in your work life to a standard of good enough? And just give yourself full permission to be in that gray area of good enough. And finally, I'd like you to think about what can you do when it comes to family and friends where you are good enough? Once you've done that, looking at it, this would mean that there is energy and brain space and time left over for you. What do you need more of in your life 
to feel content, to feel like you're being kind to yourself, to feel more energised and more awake. And I'd like you to note some of those things down. They don't have to be huge things, they can be really small things. And I'd like you to think about how you can fit those into your day-to-day -day life. Again, bite-sized chunks. We're talking about that two-minute rule of breaking it right down. So if it's reading, reading for a couple of minutes. Anything more is a bonus, but showing up for yourself, prioritising yourself at times. And then I would like you to really look at enjoying that balance, making it enjoyable, noticing when you're finding balance and just feeling that gratitude and going, do you know what? Today's been a pretty good day. I found that balance and no, I haven't been off the charts productive, but I have got the things done that I wanted to get done. I've ticked them off and they're good enough. And I've got some energy left and I'm feeling pretty good about that. It is so possible to find balance in your life, but to do so, we need to know that at times, things, expectations must come down a notch or two and we must be available to show up, but at times just show up and that's all we can give and also live within that good enough space. It means that you're less likely to burn out. It means that you'll have more energy for those you love. It means that you'll have more brain space for thinking and focusing and productivity and coming up with amazing ideas. And it's so very, very worth it because it makes life more enjoyable. And when we can find that balance and flow, we can keep coming back to it. And yes, things come up in life and they throw us off balance. But if you come back to this work that you've done, and remember you can always access these videos again and go again because at different times in our life we're going to have different things that kind of come up when we're questioning ourselves on these things and we're noticing and being aware. But we'll always be able to come back to that state of balance. And it does take some energy and it does take um, being a little bit proactive. But it is worth it. So... My question to you is, today, how can you find balance? How can you be gentle? How can you be kind? And how can you remember that you're doing the best you can with the resources that you have, the knowledge that you have, and the time and space that you have available to you now? Thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast and thank you for working through those questions and taking time to consider your own answers to them. I hope this has been valuable for you and I hope you have a better idea of how you can create balance in your own life going forwards. If it's okay with you, I would love to share a little mini advert as it was, but it's only it's only from Nourishing Soulfully, it's not from another company. And this is all about Elevate. Elevate, a course in self-kindness. Elevate is a course in self-kindness which will guide you to feeling like your true self, elevating you to a new level of respect, understanding, gratitude and belief. If you're feeling disconnected, unbalanced, lacking in understanding of what you want, who you are and how to treat yourself, 
Elevate will support you in tuning into your intuition, listening to your needs and prioritising yourself. Elevate requires around three hours per week of dedicated time with a private website featuring weekly pre-recorded audio coaching sessions to work through. There are 12 topics to cover in Elevate in this 12-week intensive course and there is a weekly Q&A session as well where participants can submit their questions which are answered in a pre-recorded audio coaching session which can be listened to at any point. The workbook is professionally printed and sent out upon joining Elevate. Elevators can access the course from anywhere at any time, no matter what their schedule. Connect to your true self, up-level self-respect, renew your understanding, grow self-belief, tune in to your intuition. Are you ready to Elevate? Find out more information at nourishingselfully.com forward slash elevate and join us on this course in self-kindness.